And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Tyler's turning off his sound on the Sleep Dog, uh, on the uh, Sleephawk Worldwide Echo. I'm Sleep Dog. He's the Big Hawk. Uh, here we go. Uh, we got a lot, dude, gas shortage. I mean, come on. What is going on with human beings right now? What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. Uh, had to do my intro. Uh, yeah, what the hell is going on with gas? Uh, you know, they used to say I couldn't pass gas in class, but uh, now, hell, we can't even pull up to the gas station and get a uh, tank of gas. But uh, Big Dan, our buddy over there, had 14 gallons of, of one-gallon uh, gas cans going up there and getting all the gas. Let's not panic. Uh, hopefully, we'll have gas. Dude, Rishi said he likes our uniforms. I just realized that we do have, uh, we do are, we are very. Um, what's the guy's name? Steve Jobs today. Yeah, I mean, dude, I went to, <laughs> I drove by a gas station earlier, and there's like six pumps in the place, and there's at least a hundred cars in line. And I'm like, guys, I will walk before I sit in line that long to get gas. Um, also, have a Prius that I could plug in. I uh, got a bicycle. I got two feet that the good Lord gave me. Ain't sitting in line for gas, period. No, nah, I'm not going for the jacked up prices. I'm not waiting for 20 minutes. Uh, I have one car. I have a bike. I have a Segway. <laughs> does not work. Uh, I have an off-road Segway. As a matter of fact, it's called an X2 model. Um, and uh, I have two feet. Uh, worst comes to worst. I'll uh, I'll hoof it, but um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Sleep. Do you know the details behind this? I got zero details except for the fact that allegedly someone hacked. How do you hack? This is what I don't understand, man. How do you hack a fucking oil pipeline? Like you hack my Facebook, you hack like a bank account, but all of a sudden somebody just got the password. The password to the oil is probably like gas sixty nine sixty nine. And some dude in Russia is like, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here and hammer the, the oil on the east coast of the United States. Like, how does this happen? I would love for a documentary. It won't be long. It'll happen. It'll be a documentary on Netflix about the password to the oil account. And I mean, Lord of mercy, dude, what is going on? This, uh, oh man, you got covid you got a toilet paper shortage. Now you got a gas shortage. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. What a time to be alive. You know, the good thing about the gas shortage is, have you been on the highway? Uh, no, nobody's on the highway. Really? Yeah, I drove from uh, Chapel That's Hill true. to the studio. Uh, I, was, I mean, do, do what you want on the highway now. Wow. Uh, but I didn't. I drove the speed limit, had my seatbelt buckled, and uh, 10 and 2 all the way here because I abide by the laws. I'm a law-abiding citizen, and... Uh, but there was nobody on the on the road over here, so just fire away down the highway. I mean, you know the cops ain't out there because they ain't got any gas in their car. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's fascinating. I love love the. I'm a meme guy, big meme guy, like everybody else in America. My favorite ones are the people where people have got pictures of of, of folks like stashing lawnmower uh you know those one gallon red things filling them up and stashing them in the back of their suv and i saw one today where a lady had one of those like uh 
like five gallon like plastic bins that you put clothes in when you're in a storm for the winter, just filling it up, filling it up with gasoline. I'm thinking to myself, like, lady, how are you going to get the gasoline out of this thing into something that needs gasoline between now and the time like three days from now when all the gas pumps are full again? Uh, <laughs> I love watching people in a crisis, and and they've 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 <laughs> repeatedly come out and said, "Hey, the only issue here is when you panic. Don't panic. Gas will be back. What do people do? They panic, and they are lined up around. There are. I live in downtown Raleigh. Okay, I guarantee you. I guarantee you there is not Raleigh, capital North Carolina. Guarantee there is not one gallon of gasoline." In this county right now, no, I think as of eight a.m., there was seventy-two percent of the uh, gas in Raleigh gas stations was gone. And as of eight p.m., I bet people are sitting there w- sleeping in their car, waiting on the waiting on the Mack truck to pull up because there's no gas in this town. And I mean, guys, it's it's incredible. Um, I don't know, man. I just never things just get weirder and weirder and weirder by the day in the 2020s um did you fill up did you fill up with uh gas at all or did you i'll be honest i thought about it and i didn't now i got a half tank my car is is not that great on gas um so yeah i mean i pretty much relegated myself like hey i'm taking a gamble here if i'm wrong about this i'm gonna be you know (laughs) i'm gonna be finding things that are very in very close proximity to my home for the next however long i need uh, I'll get on the bus. I ain't afraid of it. I'll get on the train. Uh, you know, I can't Uber because Uber's already hard to come by. Uh, if they ain't got any gas, you ain't going anywhere. But it is phenomenal to me. I just cannot believe how stupid people are. Like, yeah, I agree. Sleep and uh, I luckily I had a full tank uh, before this shortage or whatever the hell's going on and. Uh, I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm not. And I'm laughing and I'm thinking here in about four or five days, everything's going to be resolved. And I'm going to be with you. I mean, I'm going to be looking like an idiot if not. But uh, to the people that are freaking out, Daniel Eiser's freaking out, a buddy of ours, runs a t-shirt. I mean, yeah, he's had, he's, I mean, he's got the half gallon bucket and- uh, Guy also bought the, the Kia school bus. I mean, this thing must pump. A gallon of gas a mile through this thing. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure what a half a tank's going to get you. Uh, it might get you, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where he's trying to go well on a half a tank if if everything else fails. But um, I don't I don't know what I would do if I mean take my car away. Good God, uh, I'm not sure what the Uber prices are right now. But man, I, I can't wait until the local news gets a hold. I mean, the local news is already blown out of proportion. You know where the local news is going to be tonight? They're going to be standing at the Tesla station, watching all these cars charge and talking to them, and all these Tesla people are going to be talking about how they, you know, they bought their car with with Bitcoin and all this sort of stuff, and you know how this is this is why they turn their nose at gasoline and all this. It's, it's just it's it's unfathomable. Uh, it is, man. I just like I said, I love watching human beings when the times get tough. Because they don't know what to do. They freak out. And they're freaking out. I mean, if you live in a city, I would imagine, on the eastern seaboard. That's the other thing. Is it doesn't appear to affect anyone except for like four states. Yes, there's going to be some supply shortages. Yes, there's going to be some inconveniences. <laughs> but people, I mean, God bless America. Like, 
It's not like there's a it's not like there's a meteor the size of Massachusetts bearing down on the plains of the United <laughs> States. I mean, it is like uh, you know, there's gonna be about three days where you can't drive your car because you didn't fill up a gas tank, and it's like I you know I I mean it's I there's there's very little else I can say about. I was in between uh, a Tesla and a Porsche, and uh, I went with uh, the Porsche. And champagne problems. I know people. Uh, and um, man, uh, Tesla's looking pretty good right now. Just plug the thing in. Sleep has a plug in car as well, but he also has a Benz. He has a daily. I don't, I only have one car. He has a daily and a uh, another car that he just special occasion car, but uh, I, I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, the best part on the on the on the plug in is the Prius, right? The thing gets about four thousand miles a gallon, and you can plug it in. So realistically, <laughs> you could drive this thing infinitely. But I rent it on an app called Toro. For those of you that know what Toro is, and the problem is, is I haven't seen this car in like three months because there's a shortage of rental cars, right? Because when COVID happened, people quit renting cars, and all these enterprise, Avis, all these places started liquidating their their fleet. And so I'm all like, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I have a car. So I go in the app and check. And I'm like, has anybody got this car? Dude, I can see in this car again for 60 days. I mean, gas will not only will gas be back, but gas will be back to cheap again by the time I see this car again. So it's it's not going to do me much good. Um, do have a bicycle. Guarantee the tires have no air in them. Do have a bike pump. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then, of course, it's cold as shit today. So you can't really, I mean, you can walk places. But it ain't that desirable to do so. Um, Sticker auto. Uh, somebody asked me that. It is an auto. Um, I have never driven a uh, stick car. Are you shitting me? But I know how to ride a stick uh, four-wheeler and uh, I guess uh, lawnmower as well. So um, <laughs> there's those. I don't think there's any such thing as a stick shift lawnmower. 100%. <laughs> Buddy, that is... Um, that's some Missouri shit there. I've never seen it. I've seen the one where you like, it's like the automatic stick, right? Like you just throw that bitch in there. And it's like, like, oh, the blade's running. Oh, no, the blade's not running. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can't hey. believe it's a bummer that they don't make like fast cars in a stick shift anymore. I just don't understand No, why. No, they do. Porsche 100% does. Are you so sure? Yeah, 100%. Because Ferraris, like my car's a paddle shifter. Like, you can't get a stick shift anymore. Yeah, so I actually, I've always wanted to do the stick shift uh, card because I think it is kind of cool and it's engaging. And they're actually supposed to be faster than the the automatics. Uh, but they do make, I think they make the, I'm not sure, PTK or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a computer where it's a manual, but the computer will do it for you. Yeah. And then they have the actual stick. Now, mm -hmm. Porsche has an old school following where sure. uh, there's people who really, really like the stick. Oh, and yeah. So they're kind of an old school company. Yep. But uh, my guy just backed me up. Yes, uh, stick shift lawnmowers exist. I had one. I used to cut the grass with it. I loved Guys, I don't know what it is. I'm from the country. I love cutting the grass. Oh, cutting the grass yeah, is great. It's amazing. And uh, get on the riding lawnmower. Gives you something to do. And uh, just look at your work once you're done. And uh, yeah, the four-wheeler. So I feel like the transition would be easy. But uh, I might need a, uh, an old clunker to kind of like, so I don't tear anything up to kind of practice on. Dude, at first, when I, my parents bought me a car in high school and it was a Jeep. 
like a Jeep Cherokee. Not a, not a Jeep Wrangler, which was cool. Not a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which was cool. It was a Jeep Cherokee, like the box one, like that looks like shit. But it was an inline six cylinder engine, and I mean, this thing had like a a a, a tractor trailer shifter on. It. I mean, this thing was like first gear all the way up, second gear all the way down, third gear all the way. I mean, dude, this thing had six feet in between gear to gear, and it was so much fun to drive. Mm-hmm. Stick shifts are great. I had a Camaro, which I'm ex- embarrassed to admit, <laughs> but I did have a six speed Camaro. And that thing was a short shifter, and dude, that thing was super fun to drive. Now I have a sports car, and it is paddle shifter. And honestly, I mean, I got no idea. And to your point earlier about the computer, like essentially what happens is the computer is supposed to be, you know, optimal, right? The, mm-hmm. the computer always knows when to shift and all this based on the, you know, RPMs and all that sort of stuff. It does have a manual mode that you can turn it into, and you have full autonomy. And and nine times out of ten, when I'm just like about to blast the whatever it is, transmission out of the hood, it starts flashing red on there, and I just know, like, oh, well, better hit that one. Um, nonetheless, you know, stick shift is a, is a lost art. Like, that's the crazy thing to me is, like, in, I mean, five years, ten years, the next generation of people aren't even going to understand what stick shift is. Yeah. And a stick shift is a, oh, dude, you got to find a stick shift to learn how to drive. It's so much fun. Yeah, and you always see the movies where the guys, oh, like yeah. in the Fast and Furious. Vin Diesel, yeah, Fast in, and Furious you, 19. They, they just hit it, and then they just, and you can just see once they hit that gear, and that car is just run, and just, you got to feel like, I don't know, like a rocket. As soon as you hit that gear, and you step on that gas, and you get thrown back in your seat real quick, and then it just, it just takes off like a jet. Um I put my uh, that's sport mode for me, but not manual yet. But uh, it's a great feeling, dude. The only thing is, is and I think like our buddy She the Prez, aka Mister Lead Pipe Lock, aka make sure it says club on the handle, aka bet opposite whatever I say. So they drive those things in Europe all the time. The problem in America, maybe you know, I've been to Europe a couple times, but not like extensively. But the problem in America is traffic, and the only time a stick shift sucks is when you're traffic. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, it will. It is a leg workout when you're on that clutch trying to like make sure like go four miles an hour, and then three miles an hour, and then five miles an hour, and then one mile. An hour. Like traffic stick sh- sucks, <laughs> and it'll test your fucking metal when you're trying to drive up a hill from a stop on a stick shift. I mean, dude, you're gonna start smelling some weird smells that are the engine uh, potentially revolting against you. But driving a stick, man, there's nothing like it. No, nothing like it. And um, also, book it, lock it, pick it. Uh, Ask me when's the last time I cut grass. Um, I'm not talking about the grass you cut, Sheed. Uh, I actually, this is a yard. Uh, this doesn't come from trees, uh, which you uh, consistently this is foliage. Yeah, I mean, this isn't what you Bermuda break down and put into whatever you do before you pick. But uh, yeah, I'm talking <laughs> weed eater, all that type of yard. Um, Jay Freeman gets it. Traffic light on a hill, man. It's a, it's a, I don't care how long you've been driving a stick. You could be Dale Earnhardt on the stick shift. <laughs> but buddy, if you're sitting at a red light and you're midway and there's some guy that's right on your ass, you know, right behind you at the stoplight and you just, I mean, you go rev that thing into the point of oblivion and you run a good chance of stalling it. I don't care, man. I've run, I've, I've owned multiple stick shifts and it's, you know, there's some times when, you know, it's a sticky situation. I mean, and, and invariably, invariably, you will stall out in a stick shift. You will 
stall out. I don't care if you drive a Ferrari or a Fiat or a freaking Geo Metro. Like you're going to stall out in that some bitch exactly when you don't want to. Uh, and that is in the middle of an intersection while people are watching and you feel like you're on a, like, like every now and then you get it wrong. You get a, like, you feel like you're on a bucking Bronco on that thing, dude. It, it'll <laughs> dude. I can't tell you when I first, my parents bought me a car and it was a stick shift and nobody, and I don't think my whole family knew how to drive a stick shift. And I just had to learn myself and buddy, it was a hell of an experience. And I just got in it and started trying it. And eventually you figure it out, man, it's a sink or swim, but um, once you figure it out, it's like breathing. Yeah. It's great. I don't have the stomach for it. And you said a Ferrari. Would you ever drive a Ferrari? I don't think like it would never be on my radar to ever have a Ferrari. I just think it just, it's just like, look at me. And I remember I was sitting with my group of friends and I guess we saw some car drive by and someone goes, man, he must have a little video. And I was just like, yeah, I just don't ever. And they sit about this high. They mean they're right on the ground. Yeah. And you know, you buy something that expensive, every speed bump, every like little railroad track. Yeah. And then you got to park a mile from wherever you want to go so nobody door dings it. And if you valet that thing, and then you got to worry about the person valeting. Oh my God. Yeah. Kid's you're gonna 16 give some, years old. Yeah. Give some kid yeah. in college, like, hey, go, go valet. He's going to run it up to 85 between here and the parking yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah. And you just hear, you just, the worst part is when, you know, you're sitting outside and uh, speaking of stick shifts is when you see like somebody driving a really nice car and they have no idea how to work the stick, mm, the yeah. stick. And it's just sitting there in the wrong gear and there's, oh, man. and you're just like, holy shit. Like, buddy, you might want to shift that yeah, bad boy into second some gear lessons. at some point, you know? And uh, Would yeah. I drive a Ferrari? Answer is Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love those cars. Like it, my my bucket list before I die is that I will drive a Ferrari. I don't give a shit if I got to take everything I own that is going to get inherited by someone else. And on the last day I'm on this earth, I cash it all in and tell them I want a Ferrari. And I'm gonna die in that car. Um, <laughs> it's just something about them, man. There, 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 there is. Uh, if it were, if you asked me if I would drive a Lamborghini, I have no feeling about any other exotic car but a Ferrari. Like I was watching, you know, the F one thing. We're we're big into that now. The uh, Netflix documentary F one Drive to Survive. If you haven't watched that, you're in a different planet. I mean, get on that. I don't care if you like coloring books for a living. Like you're gonna love this show. It's amazing. I literally every Sunday now. I watch F1 races. They're great. The series is great. If you haven't watched it, I don't give a shit what you're into. You're going to like this, right? When they were talking to the GM of the Ferrari team, there apparently there is a, uh, a famous quote by Enzo Ferrari that says, if you ask a child to draw a car, he'll color it red. And of course, Ferraris are red. And it's something about a Ferrari that is totally different than anything else. The thing I will say is you're right about the um uh hey hey she pass pass I think you mean box box. Uh anyway, when you He's talking about pass something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good call there. Uh I don't think Lewis is passing those things behind the wheel of a 200 whatever they were 260 kilometers per hour uh f1 car but the problem is with those with those cars like that you're right when they're super super low like that it is freaking nerve-wracking right the, the 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 thing that you don't get from a car like an exotic car like you got to be somewhere where you can take that thing on a racetrack 
And that's the crazy thing. Like if you look at Ferraris, the value of them is absurd, first of all. And you get like, I mean, you go, if you were to Google a, a 2014 Ferrari right now, that thing has 171 miles on it. Not 171,000, not 1,700, not 17,000, 171 miles on it. And that some bitch is like half a million dollars. And you can't even buy a new one unless it's one of the shitty ones that are like <laughs> shitty uh, in quotations. It's like, you know, you're you're like trying to be in a league that you clearly don't belong in if you buy a $200,000 Ferrari. Like a real one is, you know, twice that. But to answer your question, I mean... You're absolutely right. If I, you're, I bet your ass if I could, if I could get my ass in a Ferrari. And I, I mean, before I die, like if I got, if I, <laughs> if I got two hundred thousand dollars, if my net worth is two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm ninety years old, sorry kids, I'm, I'm cashing that in <laughs> Ferrari, and they go find me dead in that some bitch. I mean, I don't care if it's wrapped around a light pole or in a Walmart parking lot. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's just amazing engineering. Yeah, I've never, I don't know. I mean, I like Porsche, um, I guess, because my dad had one and he always built them up to me when I was young, but I've never really had like the craze to getting anything. I mean, I think they're cool. I think Lambos are cool. Also, I'm six six nine. Yeah. And if you, I mean, I'd have to put one of my legs out the window uh, just to fit into one of the things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you sit in the back seat just to drive it. And they don't have a back seat, so you're in trouble. Um. Yeah, so I, I just don't, uh, I just can't do it. Um, but uh, you know, who drives Ferraris, probably a lot of people in the NBA. Uh, and the NBA is going through what the Big Hawk and I have been discussing offline here, which is the play in tournament. Yeah. I'll be honest, don't know when it starts slash started. Uh, it is uh, very dramatic, and I'm intrigued by the whole schema. And, and 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 what belongs where and who belongs where. And as I toss this over to the Big Hawk, who is, believe it or not, out of the two of us, the better basketball player, uh, he's the only person that's really going to know much about this. I'm going to look up what the hell is going on in the NBA. There's far too many games out on the docket tonight for this to have already started. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. so we're right in the mix. Uh, not, left, not a lot left in the NBA season. So the NBA play-in game, I had it wrong on last episode of the podcast, believe it or not, and uh, somebody gave me some shit. Uh, listen, we've, we've said it before. If you're going to sleephawk for factual topics and evidence and news- uh, Shame on you. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, you just, yeah, you played yourself. So the play-in game, but this is right. So you have seven through 10, okay? Seven and eight play one game, nine and 10 seed- plays one game, okay? So of the seven and eight, the winner gets the seventh seed in the playoff. So whoever wins the seventh and eighth seed game, um, they're in the playoff for the seventh seed. And then nine and 10 plays, okay? And the winner of that plays as a loser of the seventh and eighth seed for the last playoff spot, the eighth seed uh, in the most in both the West and Eastern conference. And currently right now, um, as we speak, um, it is pretty tight. Um, I'll have to get on the phone and look, I think the Lakers, um, 
are the seventh seed, and I think they are followed by um, Golden State. Golden State. So seven, eight, Golden State. Nine is um, who would nine? The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, and ten would be Portland. Portland, and then you have right on their heels is San Antonio. I think yes. Yeah, so San Antonio yes. is the the eleventh. So but- I th- think it's gonna. I think the the eighth and ninth seed are pretty much. I actually think I actually think that San Antonio is ahead of so so here's how it breaks see it's even confusing on ESPN. I'm watching it right now. It says most likely to make West game one, which is number seven versus number eight. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are eighty one point four percent, Lakers eighty one point three, third place is Memphis at eighteen point six. So what that's telling you is the essential seven and eight seed are the Warriors at probably seven, the Lakers at eight, and they're effectively neck and neck, maybe some sort of tiebreaker. Okay. Most likely to make West game two, which is nine versus 10. The Spurs, 97.3%. So they got to be locked in effectively at the nine seed. And then Memphis at 81.4. Remember, Memphis was 18.6 to make the eight seed. So they're effectively locked in at the 10 seed. So what you what it looks like you're gonna have is the Warriors Lakers and the Spurs Grizzlies. And to, uh, according to what you're saying, whoever wins the Lakers Warriors game gets the seventh seed. In the, in they are in the playoff as a seventh seed. Got it. And then the eight and nine. Whoever mm-hmm. the nine and ten, whoever wins the nine and ten game will play the loser of the seven and eight game. Got it. So for the eighth seed. For the eighth seed. Got it. And it's one game. Love it. And so I absolutely love the idea. It's added a whole new dynamic uh to the NBA where games like used to used to see teams like this used to be like the one of the like law periods in the NBA. Like Teams are pretty much slotted for the playoffs. Teams are starting to tank, um, and you have teams resting people. Mm-hmm. So what you have is you have a dogfight for the sixth seed because they don't have to have that that play-in game. Okay, and so what it does for seven through, you know, 12, whoever's trying to fight in for that, it gives like the, the 10, 11, 12. They're in a dogfight to just get into the play-in game. And so – it adds a whole new dynamic in a law period in the NBA for like, this is exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, what we see most of the time in, in the NBA is like the most talented team will win the series. Okay. So you, so that's why you don't see many upsets mm-hmm. uh, like you do in the tournament. That's what makes a tournament so great. Now, in the NBA, it's going to be interesting to see. Steph Curry is actually on a flame right now. He, this guy is... He's wow. playing at a whole new level. For as good as Steph is, he is on fire. And so, you know, they, I could see them beating the Lakers in one game. Are they more talented? No. They don't have AD. Um, AD's been banged up. LeBron's mm-hmm. been banged Both, up. Neither are playing tonight. Yeah, neither are playing. And Incredible. so let's let's see. Let's see. If one of those guys is banged up and Steph goes off like he's capable of going off, I can see the Warriors stepping in, getting that seventh seed. Yeah. And that, to me... I don't know if you've been following the MVP race in the NBA, but uh, it is heating up. And, uh, you know, you have uh, Jokic, who I think is a great pick mm-hmm. for Denver. He's killing it. You have Chris Paul, who has led the Turn Western Conference clock. Final. 
he has just turned it back and proved a lot of people wrong. I love the way he's going about it. And uh, mm-hmm. he's playing like an MVP candidate right now. For me, it's between Jokic, Steph Curry, and Chris Paul. Those are my top three MVP picks right now in the NBA. And uh, you have a lot of people doing a lot of different things. I think the Knicks are playing well. That's going to be interesting. Julius Randle, he's kind of coming out at a later part in his career, proving a lot of people wrong. So this NBA last part of this regular season is going to be fun to watch. This is going to be great. And you're right, man. Like, I, So Steph Curry, to me, is a guy that – like. I don't dislike Steph Curry. I'm just like a huge LeBron fan, as we've covered many times. As any of you that listen know me, like I just love LeBron. So I want LeBron to beat Steph Curry's ass all day, every day. But dude, right now, Steph Curry is on another planet. Um, you know, there's arguments to be made about whether the NBA is getting, you know, is partly getting hot at the right time in the playoffs. I think there's an element to that. I think your your cornerstone teams, your your good teams are always going to win out in the long run. I think they're going to be susceptible to, you know, long series and things like that from hot teams. But dude, the Warriors right now, like we said, if everything shakes out like it's supposed to be, like I mean, the the Warriors and Lakers are neck and neck. I still think healthy Lakers, LeBron and AD are going to beat the going to beat the Warriors. Um, and then let's say the Warriors then would have to play the winner of San Antonio and Memphis. I think the Warriors beat any one of those teams. Now your Warriors are the eighth seed. They could easily beat the one seed. I think is what's interesting. Mm-hmm. This, the Lakers could easily beat the two seed. Um, they could easily lose, I guess, because those teams have been playing well all season long. But the Warriors right now, like, if I'm the number one seed, I'm hoping the Warriors beat the fucking Lakers because I don't want to play them. And if I'm the seven seed, I'm hoping that the Lakers beat the Warriors so I ain't got to play them. The West, I mean, sorry, the East is a little different. What I'm, I mean, I'm really excited about the Hornets. I mean, being in North Carolina, Big Hawk, former Hornet here. Boston is pretty much, you know, a solid, got a solid stake in the ground for the seventh seed. Hornets solid stake in the ground for eight seed. Looks like Pacers, Wizards fighting that nine and ten spot. You know, uh, the the Celtics have been so sort of wishy washy. They come out and beat you by forty, or they come out and you beat them by forty. Um, you know, would love to see the Hornets get to that seven eight seed and and beat the Celtics just to get in the playoffs. But regardless, and I don't know what the actual format of the series are going to be, whether they're five games, seven games, yada, yada, yada. Dude, the thing – here's the thing, and this is the last thing I'll say about NBA and I'll shut up, is every step of the way in COVID and all and handling every single piece of adversity, NBA just gets it right every time. So you know what? I'm just going to sit down and buckle up. And watch the games because Adam Silver's a Duke guy. Adam Silver, uh, commissioner of basketball, went to Duke Law School. Not a big fan of that. Adam Silver could run for president of the United States, and I would vote for this guy because he is the best conflict management, crisis management, you know, executive I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, this guy gets it right every single time. So, bottom line is, I just trust whatever they decide to do is going to be as entertaining as it can possibly be, and I'm I'm here for the ride. I mean, this is the best, uh, best product out of the major sports right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Adam Silver. 
And one thing I've always said for NCAA is they should watch how the NBA runs things because they cater to their fans and they make their product uh, about as entertaining and fan-friendly and just, hey, that makes sense. Why don't we do it? They make they make it happen. Instead, the NCAA, you know, the NCAA could be absolutely amazing, but it's got to get rid of that old-school mentality. And the reason I'm so critical of the NCAA because it's an absolutely great product and you have kids that work so hard for it and sometimes don't get rewarded in the in the manner they should or you know there's there's issues that could just be you know just be handled better and make the game more smoothly and uh yeah Adam Silver does it right uh the NBA does it right always catering to their fans so uh I'm excited for the play in game I think it's a great idea I know LeBron some other guys have been critical well they're in the play in game so I mean you know, uh, yeah, I mean, he's older, he's banged up. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but I will say this. If the Warriors beat the Lakers in that playing game and then the Lakers end up being the eighth seed <laughs> versus uh, the Suns who worked their ass off all season to get that one seed, that's going to be a, that's a tough break. That's something, man. I mean, the Suns are – God, there's some good teams right Cam now. Cam Johnson's on the Suns. For all you <laughs> know, Carolina man. fans out there, he's having a heck guy's of having a, a great year. He great, was on great. He year. was on Think I Just Sharded. Josh Harded. Um, my <laughs> fantasy basketball team uh, didn't do so hot in the long run because I had LeBron, I had Kevin Durant, I had Kyrie Irving, I had Mitchell Robinson, I had everybody else in the NBA. They got hurt. Cam Johnson didn't get hurt. I mean, he got a little banged up every now and then. But I mean, he had. So I paid close attention to him this year because he was on the squad. Had a great year. Uh, Devin Booker. I mean, this guy. Is looking like a freaking Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, there's a lot of great storylines in the NBA. And my thing is this. is As long as LeBron is playing, you can't count him out. If AD's not playing, though, I mean, I think this is the year that, I mean, LeBron, that's that's what, it would really upset me because as a fan, as a, a, a just over-the-top fan, LeBron James is 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 my age, 36, 37 years, 37 years old. This dude is having an incredible year. Mm-hmm. Incredible year. Has been hurt for basically, I think like a second real time in his entire career for any period of time. And it would be really unfortunate if after all he's done all season long, they just sort of catch sort of bad luck toward the end of the season and things start falling off. So I, I hope they're there because I enjoy watching them. But if they're not, this is kind of cool in that it's a season where you could have like, I don't know, the Suns and the Knicks, <laughs> you know, in the championship or, you know, just the conference finals between teams that are not household names that are extraordinarily fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And uh, we got another topic to talk about. We talked about on last pod, uh, Tebow. Tebow gets a one-year deal with the Jags. And we saw this and we talked about it. And uh, there's a lot of emotions attached to Tebow. Huge following. Um, I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, What do you think of this Tebow signing? He's he's later. I mean, he's 35. Hasn't played in the NFL in a long time. He's making that transition to a different position, which – you know, what do you guys think? Do you think Tebow uh, was looked at uh, kind of like people's perspective of him? Uh, you know, he can't throw. He's not a – it doesn't look like his passing's aesthetic uh, in the box. Well, I will tell you this. When he was in the league, his QBR rating was number one in the NFL in the last five minutes of a game. Yeah. My personal opinion is 
I, I see where the gripe is with with a lot of these players. Um, Tebow, I mean stats you can you can cook them a lot of different ways. That's a that's an interesting stat. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, there's been some really shitty quarterbacks that got to the Super Bowl, for example. There's been some great ones that never won a Super Bowl. Tim Tebow getting a run as a thirty-five-year-old, six-foot-one, maybe two, if we're being generous, tight end that runs like a full. I think we talked about all this last time. Like, I mean, I think he was a quick, you know, at a combine, right? Fifteen years ago, I see. Put bottom line, I see why a lot of players are frustrated, especially when you get into the Kaepernick crowd. Uh, you know, some of these other players like Des Bryant that hasn't, you know, played, uh, you know, seriously in earnest in a few years. Sure. Listen, like I'm not an NFL insider. Um, I don't understand the nuance of uh, uh, like, honestly, why teams pass on Colin Kaepernick, why teams pass on uh, Des Bryant from pure talent perspective. <laughs> but I, on the same token, I damn sure don't understand why they opt in for Tim Tebow as a tight end. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I think he got his chance. Uh, one, I think Urban Meyer had a huge deal to do with it. Also, you can't discredit. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Tim Tebow is athletic. To make the transition from football to baseball, that's not easy. Not everyone right. can do that. That's underrated athleticism, even though it's not aesthetic, like he's not smoking down the football field and running an absurd 40. I mean, that takes talent to get mm-hmm. out there on the, the baseball field. Yep. And I'll tell you what it also does. It takes a lot of courage. High IQ guy, too. Yeah, it takes courage to, you know, he's he's been under the light and he's been criticized uh, more than about many NFL players. And he's handled the criticism. He's handled the media. He's handled all the eyes on him very well. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Tebow step outside, uh, get in any trouble, bring noise, or, you know, he's been criticized. He's been criticized by his peers. He's been criticized by the media. He's been criticized by coaches, but I've never seen him come out. He's like, you know what? You know, F you, you know, that's how you feel. Yeah. He's always accepted other people's opinions yeah. and still maintained who he is and said, okay, that's their belief. Well, I believe in myself. And that that is something that I respect. And I think it's a lost art in today's uh, society, but I'm, I'm all for it. I want to see what he does. Uh, and partially because I'm for it is because he's received so much criticism. And I think it's, I think it's unworthy criticism. If -hmm. his old coach wants to give him a chance at tight end because he thinks he's going to help his team win and he's one of the most competitive players that he's ever had and he's going to bring a leadership aspect to the team and also they have a young QB coming in where Tebow can like try to talk to him and kind of show him, you know, some leadership skills and things like that that Urban Meyer wants him to pass on to um, the new quarterback. I'm all for that. But what I do think is um, I do think that Tebow might play a little bit of an old school halfback, mm-hmm. close close yarded situations and things like that. But I'm uh, I'm interested to see how it's going to go. And I know the media has blown this out of proportion. Every station, every news network, everyone's talking about it. But here's the thing: we knew this was going to happen, and not everyone on every team is excited about any signing. Or any draft pick. That's true with any locker room. And for the media to come out here and say, sources say that 
The Jaguars, not everyone in their front office is happy about the signing of Tim Tebow. Not everyone right. in the Broncos front office was probably happy about them signing Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, not he I mean, he just came off multiple surges. We don't know if he's gonna have the arm strength. Right. Uh all that. Not everyone with every signing is happy. Period. And the media's blowing this out of proportion. I'm excited. He more than likely probably won't even make uh the roster for regular season, but I'm gonna be curious to see what he does. It's interesting because you bring up a lot of good points, and, and you bring up a lot of points that I think the average fan can't uh, understand or appreciate, including me. One of which is, okay, Tim Tebow is – Tim Tebow, I think – this is this is actually, a, 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 I think, a really fair comparison. Tim Tebow in Florida is very similar to Tyler Hansborough in North Carolina, right? You have a huge following, and – I think he, on one hand, is going to sell tickets at a franchise that, you know, even though they got Trevor Lawrence, even though they've had like some success recently, not not huge. The other piece, though, is 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 the whole locker room thing, and I think you bring up a really good point there. And only like Urban Meyer's come in there. You know, Jacksonville has had its share of like bumps and bruises along the way. They're obviously over the past you know decade or two decades have been a shit team, right? So who can blame Urban Meyer for saying, hey, I know one guy very well who I can bring in and will be a positive influence in a young locker room. So I can't argue with that. And, and when I think through that as a, as a business person, as you know, a head football coach, as someone that is trying to take this team and get them from point A to point B, uh, you, you really can't argue with that. And that's an interesting dynamic. And I also agree that... I'll be surprised if he's on the opening day, what, 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's got to be a little bit of hype. You know, you get a little bit of buzz that comes along with it and and, and that sort of thing. And then I, I really do think that that's, if any value that Tim Tebow is going to have to any football team, it's coming in and being – you know, sort of a compass for some of these guys. And then, you know, who knows, maybe he sticks on as some sort of assistant. You know, they have all kinds of roles in football mm-hmm. teams now, and, and maybe he's, he's he sticks around something like that. I'm not against the move. I do wholeheartedly understand the look, right, that some of these other players are saying, hey, wait a second. Like, I've been a pro bowler, or I've been this, or I've been that. And like this guy's getting a roster spot and I'm not. Hey, these guys are still short sighted too. There's a lot of wide receivers in the NFL. There's a lot of guys that run a 4 3, 4 4 40 in the NFL. Not a lot of guys that bring, I think, what Tim Tebow brings in terms of a broader, you know, sort of package. So, you know, there's pros and cons to each thing. And, you know, I, I look, I, as, as we discussed, I'm a Mets fan. The Met, you know, the Mets signed Tim Tebow. He played in the pro- program for a while. And listen, I mean, he, you know, brought a lot of positive attention. That's the one thing. He's always bringing positive attention. The only negative attention this guy ever brings is people complaining about it. He's never going to get in trouble. He's never going to do the wrong thing. He's never going to say the wrong thing. He's just going to be there, and he's going to, you know, do his best to contribute in in a positive way. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I agree with you, sleep. And uh, listen, guys, a lot of people are asking, "Where's the whiskey?" Uh, we did not have a whiskey. We'll have whiskey later. Uh, we're gonna meet some people for a whiskey after this. But uh, next pod, we'll bring out a special, special whiskey. So tune in. 
But uh, yeah, um, sorry about that, guys. I didn't know how important the whiskey was until hey. uh, you started asking for it. We give the people what they want. Big so. time. Love it. Julie uh, Hewlin earlier. Hey, guys. Uh, hi, Julie. Hope you're having a great night. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Blue Lily, big time contributor here. Uh, got to gotta call that out. Uh, I realized we might have lost you with some of the football talk. Guess what? Lost myself. Got no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, appreciate you guys joining in. Hoots here. Big shout out to uh, to Hoots and some My of guy, these. guy, Hoots. Man, what a guy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in America right now. Um, just relax, you know. Like, I, everybody, everybody's got three or four. In America, everybody has three or four bicycles in their, their garage. Just, just, just pump tires up. It's going to be fine. You know, two days, mm-hmm. you're going to have more gas. You know what to do with. Um, yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> just chill out people. It's going to be fine. I promise. Uh, I don't really have, you know, there's a couple other topics we could dive into that would be not worth anybody's time, but yeah, that's all I got. I looked through the DMS. Yep. Um, not much there. Um, so hit us up in the DMS. Uh, hit us up. What whiskey do you want us to drink? Yep. Uh, what whiskey do you want us to review? Uh, we review the whiskey. We'll be honest. We'll give you what we like. We have an extremely complicated, complex palate. Uh, we drink anything and everything, uh, and we'll give you the honest truth of that. Uh, I did have a new whiskey, uh, I would just say, over the weekend. Uh, Angel's Envy is a special place to me. Um, I've always liked regular Angel's Envy. Uh Actually, when me and my girlfriend first started dating, I introduced her to Angel's Envy, and it's one of her favorite whiskeys. So I went and hunted down some Angel's Envy uh, shortly after that to surprise her, and we started drinking it. Then we got into the rye. The rye, as you know, is one of my favorite. But this weekend, I had Angel's Envy Cask Strength. That's big time. And it is an unbelievably good whiskey. Now, Stag Jr., is one of me and Sleep's mm-hmm. all-time Big favorite time. whiskey. We love George T. Stagg, Stagg Jr., all-time favorite. We're, that is a that is a shotgun to the chest whiskey. The 199% alcohol and drinkable. It's incredible. It is smooth as butter, and it will... Mm, and you will not know it until you stand up. Drink but, two of them, some bitches, and tell me how you feel. Yes, put your seatbelt buckle on and uh, <laughs> use your flotation. Your seat can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> in, the event of a, in the event of a water landing, which is inevitable when you start drinking this stuff, uh, look for the lights on the floor and just try to remember where the hell the exit is. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Man. Yeah, man. So we, uh, we're, 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 we're constantly building on this. If you guys are listening... Okay, whether you're on live or whether you're on the podcast, help us share this with other people. Like me and Big Hawk, we're like we're we're we love to have a good time with this. This is this is fun for us. We're goofballs. We're mm-hmm. kind of idiots, but we're really serious about it too. And we're we're a real inflection point. And like one of the things that we 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 pay close attention to is how the podcast is trending. And and because of support from people like you, we're we're really really trending in the right direction. 
and we're just trying to, uh, you know, get this to to other people. So if you like the podcast, you know, I think a lot of people say, hey, subscribe and five star reviews, cool. Like, yeah, we really, we really hope you do that. And, mm-hmm. and if you feel so inclined, you know, please do so. But share it with other people. Like, you know, tell them, pick an episode that you like and share it with them. We have a producer now. I think we got the sound. You know, haven't caught the studio on fire yet, and we, you know, we're really trying. So honestly, even if you have feedback that says, hey, I'd like for you to talk about this or this part really sucks or like you guys are dumbasses fine like share that with us here through our instagram page because we really are trying to make this something that we can keep doing for a long time because we have a lot of fun with it and we hope you do too and uh yeah so if you like it and are inclined to share it with some other people and and let them know to check it out because uh you know it means a lot to us and 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 uh we'd love to keep it going so i agree and as always uh there's one other person that we god man gosh cam you're you're we just timed out out, i'm so Uh, sorry man to talk we actually had him to break down the tebow situation man and we had time slotted for the a-rod j-lo debacle yeah when ben slid in and uh the dogecoin yeah he thinks he looks like ben affleck he 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 he, uh i think he he watches elon musk's live stream and i mean he's the second best thing since tim tebow but unfortunately cam we're just out of time buddy he, he, yeah he looks more like Ernest, but yeah. uh yeah Ernest. <laughs> he looks like he's been on aflac insurance uh more than ben aflac the uh the uh you know actor but yeah hey ask him buddy he'll he'll paint a different picture for you uh, yeah but anyway guys hey you got you got you got gasoline out there you're gonna find it um and then you know but while you're out there searching for gas there's one thing that you always need to remember to do and what is that stay safe stay safe